As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Have <laughs> nice. uh, you had Gilbert on? No, no I'm not. Because Gilbert really on? knows oh, yeah, film. No, he, yeah, he's a movie buff. Yeah, he it like loves the Universal monsters. Like, uh, he's got, oh, that would be fun. It's a way in. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. just sit and watch you and Gilbert go off. I mean, that's his. That is his jam. But he does know a lot about movies. So I don't know. Should I just? Should we, are we ready? Are we good? We'll clip all this off. You what? <laughs> no, no. We start with this stuff. It sounds. It makes it sound very, uh, very casual. Like we're hanging out in your living room. Dave. Dave tells me that's the secret to uh, podcast success. You convince them you're their friend and. Uh, <laughs> That's sitcoms too. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, let them into your home. Um, I'm Josh Olson, and you're listening to The Movies That Made Me, the official podcast of Trailers from Hell. You said Bobcat on the phone. I've yeah, I, 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 you I go, prefer which you... Bobcat. Really? Yeah. Okay. It, All right. It'd be weird if my girlfriend started calling me that. But <laughs> my daughter does to bust my chops uh, often, like like if we're in a public place. She'll go, Bobcat. You really? Know, just, yeah, my skin crawls. But, uh, so that's but okay my then. friends yeah, call but, me Bobcat. Most of all my friends, actually. Uh, I, I somehow thought we were supposed to not. call me Bob because I'm an auteur now. Uh, yeah, because you're exactly right. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave in a huff. Exactly. I'm Bob Scratch Goldfarb, goddammit. <laughs> so obviously we're here with our guest this week, Rich Little. Um, and uh, uh, Bobcat, you obviously, I mean, I don't have to introduce you much. Everybody knows you as, as uh, when you were. Well, you could still. I mean, there's a handful of people who think I'm dead. So <laughs> so that would probably dispel that. But yeah. Um, he wouldn't mind a little introduction. No, no, no. no I'm no, going I, to. Okay, I'm, that's, so, you say this man needs no introduction. So, and then you yeah, but then. Him. So, the, yeah. The so I was. Uh, well, no, I'll, I'll, I was an 80s comedian. <laughs> an 80s comedian. <laughs> was, yeah. and That was recently, though, right? Yeah. That's what. <laughs> what uh, I, I realized the, I went to the march last week and on Instagram. I'm not on any other social media because Instagram's pretty safe. But there's a, I didn't know you were a liberal, unfollow, you know, and unfollow is the, the biggest insult right. to this person and to a lot of people. But I'm like, I used to play arenas. There's a lot of people who unfollowed me. That really doesn't hurt me. That train yeah. left about 10, 20 years ago. Well, I'm also, how is, I mean, I understand with a musician where, you know, maybe you right. just don't hear the lyrics or all you hear is born in the USA. Right. But. How the fuck is somebody a fan of yours and only just now on Instagram realizing you, you swing a little to the left? Right, but it was, it, you know, when Trump first got in and then I was I was at a rally like the next day and it was what I realized there's a lot of people that 
support Trump that loved Police Academy. <laughs> that's, that's what I found out that day because they were really bad, and they obviously hadn't seen my stand-up or any of the movies Got I made. Yes. So, so, so that's it. They just, uh, they just like this this one character that I did years and, ago, and now they're just deeply, deeply, deeply disappointed, disappointed destroying in me. their yeah. Police Academy, uh, yeah, v- yeah. VHSs at two Z. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm sorry, but maybe you'll pick up a few followers by um, yeah being on our show. <laughs> a few, <laughs> if if we ever have an audience, I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I I would never say, but yes, great comedian in the '80s. Um, did a lot of acting and films, and then uh, segued into directing with a movie um, uh, that uh, I know rocked my world and and certainly a lot of people's. Uh, the great Shakes the Clown. Yeah. Uh, which you also acted in. I was, yeah, I would never do that again. But yeah, Shakes the Clown, which is kind of, you know, I have a new series uh, called um, Misfits and Monsters, and it's, it's. I didn't realize it until I started promoting it that that it, all the way back in Shakes was where uh, the new series I, I mash up genres. You know, there's like a there's one where a cartoon character comes to life and he's trying to kill the guy who does his voice because he hates the way he makes him sound. You know, why, you know, why, why you gotta make me make, make, make me sound stupid, stuttering? That's funny for kids, and it's really dark and gets very violent. And um, awesome. So it's, it's you know, it's like Cape Fear and Roger Rabbit, you know, kind of. But if I go back to Shakes, it was like I really was. You know, I was making fun of comics, but I thought it was funny to do a noir film in clown suits. And then really at the end of the day, I was also kind of taking the piss out of I always <laughs> recovery movies. I always think they're funny. But I think people, they think I was trying to make a statement. You know, the dude's in an AA meeting in a clown suit. I mean, and he's like, hey, I'm Shakes. Hi, welcome, Shakes. You know, uh, that to me is funny. But some people thought I was trying to, try to I don't know. I'm with, I just thought that's a genre. I wonder if anybody will. You know, we ask people to come in with, you know, sometimes lists. Right. Just kind of talk about their favorite genre. I wonder if we're ever going to run across someone who just wants to do recovery films. Recovery films or decline films, you know, Lost well, the, Weekend and that kind of thing. I know? find most of those so depressing because they really... <laughs> well, any, any, any celebrity. They're only going to go Bio one of two ways. Bio is a decline film. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Know, I mean, the first half is always interesting as they get to the top. And then once yeah. they get there, it's just a slow, steady decline. And you can. I, just, I love the first half of Sid and Nancy. <laughs> right. I, mean, I love the yeah. first half of those films. And so. then, the last act, I discover the cure for immortality yeah. and went to another planet. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's why you got to do, you got to, I think the key to the biopics that I like is you take a chunk from the life, you know, right. and I think when they're ambitious and they tell the whole story, it's exactly what you say. And it's, it doesn't, it you know. Here I, it comes. Well. No, we have a thing. It's come up on every show. What? Uh, Ed Wood. Ed Wood always comes oh, up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> always comes up. Oh. Although this time I cheated and pushed it. Well, Ed Wood, yeah. I mean, Ed Wood, yeah, he died in the valley directing porn. Um, yeah, was in the movie. He gets but a in the movie, premiere yes. at the Pantage. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Well, Perfect. yeah. Life can be beautiful. <laughs> Speaking of that, you, I mean, we're way off, but there was a photo yesterday floating around because on 4th of July uh, Bob Dylan pulled over mm. and Highland and, and, and greatest it, thing had a, ever, yes. had a he took a selfie with a Spock impersonator <laughs> and the guy really looked like Leonard Moulton Spock there was it one was, other guy Oh, then he also did one with uh, Don King. Don King, but right. But the, the, the Leonard Nemo, I actually was wondering, was Dylan like, oh, Leonard, it's me, Bob. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
but but when I saw this insanity, I was like, you know what? We're gonna be okay. <laughs> a buddy of mine was like going, yeah. <laughs> the spot guy's like going, this guy's Dylan is really good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ed Witt. Well, you know, here, look, I have the Ed Witt tattoo. Oh my, so, oh my god! So there's and it's a, not a Johnny Depp. Picture. Okay, not no, Johnny. The yes. real Ed Witt. Yeah, and my sister goes, "Your your uncle has an Ed Hardy uh, tattoo," and I was like, "No, man, <laughs> Ed Witt." Yeah. Had you had that before, or was that something to go along with the? transition to directing to having the ed wood tattoo yeah. no i've always had a, a kinship to him making small movies because he had to with a bunch of but he made them his own way yeah and with yeah. a bunch of kooks yeah. and and that's how i've done it you know way outside the system and and so i do i don't think he's the worst filmmaker because it, it, his films are, are imaginative yeah entertaining. yeah you're off going what the hell i can't i like just people remembering that dialogue that's beautiful so so, um, yeah. so yeah, I have a soft spot, but I also have Lepetamine here too. <laughs> I'm the illustrated shouldn't man. On, shouldn't he be so, on your rump? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to show you the one on my butt. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, Joseph Pujol. We'll see uh, how you feel in about 45. Minutes. Yeah, maybe, maybe. There's a good story with the one on my butt, but uh, I don't know if it'll play in the podcast. Uh, well, Joe has one. On, never mind. Um, Do you have any tattoos? No. <laughs> oh, I had the kind that you took off when you were a kid. Yeah, you know, yeah. Lick them, put them on. You know, the, those when I was a kid, like stickers was up. I would freak out. Like I didn't like that. And then, and then, um, and sadly, it was like once my mother passed away, and I was like, all right, let's just go for it. You know? <laughs> it it's huh? Yeah, there's a great who's it? So there's the line uh, to be to be a true artist, you have to pretend your parents are dead. So oh, that's good. Do you yeah, think that, like uh, I know that if I started my stand up in the same hometown as my parents, well, I did a little bit, but I moved. It would have totally uh, influenced my act, you know, because when my, it down. Or yeah, I mean, when my first HBO special, my mother was like, "How can I go to church? I got to go to mass, and everyone's going to see that." You know, talk to me about it. So <laughs> that was. I um. Uh, we are getting very far, but I yeah, we haven't. I'm sorry. I bet. No, no, that's fine. I just I made a short film a thousand years ago when I was trying to get out of writing straight to video movies, and uh, I got really stoned and just wrote a monologue. And a friend of mine convinced me to shoot it, and it's just a guy reminiscing about having had sex with his dog when he was fifteen. Wow! And it, it actually got to the LA Film Fest. And sure, it got, me, it got me infested. But I remember for years trying to keep my parents from it, and somehow my dad caught wind of it. <laughs> and I, we were back for some reason. He was going to loan me the car to take this long road trip to a film festival. I was back in Philly, and he made me give him the film first. And I said, "All right, but I get to leave the house with your car before you." And and I got 15 minutes from home, and the phone rings, and my dad goes, "This is a masterpiece." Oh, <laughs> absolutely that's loved really it. Sweet. I take it to the premiere of History of Violence. The movie ends. He leans over. He goes, "Kid, you did good, but it's no puppy love." Wow, <laughs> that's really sweet. <laughs> Which was kind of lovely. And by the way, one of the areas I like to think where you and I intersect. Yeah, we you, did. I, I haven't met any you other. Both had sex with. Dogs. You, well, yeah. we both made movies. So, well, <laughs> we both had. Uh, you look. You do what you can to get ahead in this business. <laughs> I I uh, I too did a, 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 a bestiality, but mine was a rom com with a, just a tiny bit of bestiality. Yeah, mine had no. You didn't actually see. Yeah, it. It me just, too. Is but do you camera. find that if you do, you know, I've written stuff <laughs> about murderers and kidnappers and sure. assassins, and nobody assumes you've done those things, but. One four-minute movie about oh. fucking a dog. And yeah, and then like when I was on the festival circuit with it, it was just 
everybody had to disclose to me. Like, you know, I'll tell you one thing. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, over and over. And they thought you, what, could, you mean they tell you? Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. The first time it played, the first night, uh, this woman came up and and uh, and uh, yeah, it was at Sundance. It was called Stay when it was, which I think is a better name. And and so the. Uh, the incident is off camera and it's right at the beginning and I like to dig holes and then try to get out of them and then um at I you know at Sundance everything sells out but the people were there but they weren't there to see my movie they just it was a ticket they could get and I was grateful that they were there so there was people that uh uh were upset at the very beginning of the movie there was a couple of walkouts and stuff but there was this woman behind me who was trying to get out and her friend talks her into staying and then about 50 minutes in she starts crying and my daughter was with me and, and she goes look at your friend now and my daughter goes yeah you cry bitch you cry how, how old was your daughter uh she was eight no she was uh she was no that was she was in uh finishing high school so she was probably Fantastic. like 17 18 yeah Yes, it's a wonderful film. And then, as long as we're doing this, I just want to mention too, because um, there are so many terrific ones. But uh, um, World's Greatest Dad, I uh, thought, um, it just was such an amazing and perfect film. And oh, thanks. When when Robin Williams passed, I remember my wife and I looking for something to watch to kind of have that thing that you do and someone you didn't know and sort of loved. Uh, and she had never seen it. And there's a scene in it without ruining it where. And it's the two of you coming together so beautifully because he's got to give this dead-on performance of a man experiencing the worst anguish you possibly can. And due to the context you have created, it's also insanely funny. And it, that is one of the most just amazingly tense, effective, powerful, emotional, and hilarious scenes I've ever seen. Oh, well, uh, thanks. It's a lovely movie. So that's a great segue into the films we're talking about, which are yes. all... <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to see if Joe, how he feels about the, this genre. Uh, yeah, why don't you drop it what on would you, I, How you know, would you I, call I, I it? How do you characterize... I was... There were... You know, the, there's a pocket of... Joe! Joe! <laughs> it's a job. Dante, it's ladies a job. and gentlemen. Wait, it's a job. It's going off. <laughs> I'm on a podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> so... Uh, I thought your pants were haunted. <laughs> I, uh... So, uh... There was this time in Disney where they weren't making animated movies, so they had all those live-action films, usually driven by, like, Kurt Russell and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I have a really soft spot for those, like the computer or tennis shoes, the million-dollar duck. I mean, the, the high end is, like, the cat from outer space. That darn cat. Yeah, that darn cat. I was thinking, I forgot about this, is the fact that Herbie the Love Bug was Herbie, probably... Yeah. It was always, like... It was just one weird premise, and the, and oh, and Ed Flynn always showed up in it too. Joe Flynn. Joe Flynn. Joe Flynn. Yeah, yeah, no, Ed Flynn was the guy with the school with. <laughs> Be really weird if Ed Flynn showed up. I really did. I went to school with Ed so Flynn. So kind of yes. So sort of uh, live action Disney films from about nineteen sixty nine to about nineteen seventy. Yeah, and Dean Jones and the Dean Be Jones, like, yeah, Kurt like, Russell. The one I was thinking about that I remember really clearly was this one. Uh, it was called The Barefoot Executive. When a network mailboy finds a chimp who can select top-rated TV shows, he goes from making peanuts to millions. In The Barefoot 
Hollywood Executive. Walt Disney Productions' hilarious spoof on television's rating game, The Accents on a Youth with a Missing Link to Success. Raffles, the choosy chimp who lets his human pal know what he likes and what he doesn't like. And the neighbor, this guy's got a pet chimp, or I can't remember what the chimp's doing over this guy's house, but he's watching this chimp, and the chimp reacts to television shows, and they realize that the chimp can pick out hit series. So now, the chimp, okay, so it's bare, we get the premise, but I was thinking, how bitter was this writer? Do you know what that He's like, <laughs> that was truly like. Have you ever, have you ever spite pitched something? Like, like I have. Like I've been in the middle of a meeting and I pitched a movie that someone will make because I was pitching this thing. It was, it was, it, it was. It starts with our uh, protagonist killing himself. So, so I see that just a bombing in the room, and I was like, and I. This is a true story. I pitched Easter Dad. It was uh, something that I had never thought of, but I saw all these uh, 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 Tim Allen Santa Claus posters. So I thought, I, so I just in the middle of the pitch, I pitched Easter Dad. And they go, what's about? I go, it's about a dad who finds the true meaning of Easter. <laughs> and I left the meeting. And, and uh, I thought my agent was going to go, what, what did you do to those people? And they go, they really like that other one. I go, Easter Dad? I was kidding. But yeah. <laughs> I, I had one Spite of those. Pitch. I had a, a, a project. Um, what was it? I was involved early on with the remake of Sudden Fear, which is the Joan Collins, uh, Joan Crawford movie, where she plays a successful playwright who um, uh, falls in love with and marries young Jack Palance, who is a, a pretty young actor, and then finds out he's going to kill her. And the mandate was to try to break away from those movies that were all the rage back then of. Uh, stuff like Hand That Rocks the Cradle or um, what's the Michael Douglas one where it was all these sort of powerful men being, you know... Star Chamber? Attacked by... No, the Fatal, Fatal Attraction. Attraction by, you know, these powerless women who are somehow the monsters of the film. And I joke-pitched Trophy Wife. Oh, um, that's so this good. sort of powerful 50-year-old man who marries a 19-year-old <laughs> and, then, and then becomes her victim. I think and, it's like the name. Yeah. You go in Trophy <laughs> Wife. What's it about? It's not what you think. It's about <laughs> an old guy that marries a really hot young woman after she, a divorce. And then she terrorizes him. And by the oh. time I was done, Sudden Fear had become that. They changed wow. the genre. It was just... But, but, the, uh, but that, that, the, that genre Disney film, yes. I, and I don't know who else... It, they never went as dark as as a lot of things, you know. I was thinking, of, but but they 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 were always in camera effects, and I know that that had something to do with me as a kid really liking them. But there was something, know? but they were all earthbound, except right. there would be except this kind one of banana. Yeah, you're you like know. just hanging out in the suburbs, and then this there's this weird green stuff that just bounces higher and higher every time. Yeah, or well, I think it, there's a duck it, that lays golden egg. Well, yeah. it all started with the Office of Minor Professor. I mean, that was really the first one. And, and and they followed the absolute my professor. Oh, and, the, okay. and then there was Son of Flubber, and right. oh, those were very popular. They were, but they were all in black and white. And then in the '60s, when color TV came in and the Disneyland TV show became popular, it was you know the, the pictures would play for a couple of months and then they would go to television. So they're all in color. And uh, and you're right, they all have Joe Flynn. <laughs> yeah. But were they would they would they like uh, cut them out? Cut them down to. Usually they'd be two parts. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. What? You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. There were. But, so you're a fan of these? 
Well, I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I said the Ugly Dachshund. I, I mean, I, I saw them, but but I, I couldn't help but do a parody of them in matinee where I did the Shook Up shopping cart, which is that's right, very that's right. similar to those pictures. It has the same kind of dialogue. It's, it's, yes. you know, it's, but, it's, but it's only but you like, it's only two and a half minutes long. See, that, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, much easier to take. Yeah, yeah, do it take. as a picture. Yeah, yeah. But the Barefoot Executive is actually the best of them. Is it? I think... Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Million Dollar Duck. Million, me too, actually. I really like Million Dollar Duck. Gold from a duck's ass. Well, the, the scene where there's the... There's, it's... it's, it's I almost say Keaton when the, there's like a million ducks come charging. <laughs> I also had a pet duck when I was a kid, so I might have been soft oh, wow. on it. Yeah. yeah, it was imprinted on me and followed <laughs> me around. So not only was I, you know, it's just I needed one more thing. <laughs> Instead of having a target sewn on my back, it's like who's that fat kid? Your fate was sealed from an early yeah, age. yeah, with the yeah. duck following him around. <laughs> uh, but I, no, I love that, and that that also. Um, I remember the, sort of realizing early on that, that they were, they knew what they were doing. I remember going back as an adult and realizing, because there's a scene, isn't, uh, what's his name, Tony Roberts from Woody Allen movies is right. in Million Dollar Duck. And there's a there's a scene where he um, walks out of the room holding a couple of eggs. He goes, I am the Eggman. They're not just these old guys locked up in Burbank somewhere writing these things. So you, you didn't have a soft spot for him? Like, ooh. No, I know I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to take that's two. I had a podcast. Goodbye. So, <laughs> if, um, how old are you? Okay, old. I'm 56. I'm older. So, but when I, so yeah, that's why I'm bringing it up. I'm their target audience. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I was actually so you, a little too. I was a little you, too old. For you those knew, pictures. you knew movies at that point. That was my thing. I was, I was even, I was reviewing movies at that time. Yeah, so, so I, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't the target audience. Did you have a soft spot for uh, older Disney animation? Oh, I'm, Disney animation is what gets every kid into the movies. I yeah, mean, you know, they used to re-release them every seven years to get the new generation. And so, like, the first movie that you would see would either be Snow White on a reissue or Peter Pan when it's new. Or, and right. then if you, if you miss it, or Bambi or whatever. And then within the next seven years, they all, they'd all come out again. Right, right. And so you'd see them all in theaters. And they were, they were a big deal. And they were the gold standard until they finally realized that they had played them on home video so often that they had lost their theatrical luster. And so you don't, you very seldom see theatrical revivals of those pictures anymore, which is a shame because they really yeah. work best in a theater. Yeah, I can't think of any of the, that, that period of those, I never got to see any of those movies in a theater. Really? Yeah, I don't think I did. Either. Yeah, I never did. They did it in the 90s. Uh, in fact, they had a, the Disney cable channel started a thing at two o'clock in the morning called Vault Disney, in which they would open the vault and they would. You would catch these movies, the ones we're talking about. Well, I've seen them, but I never, I can't imagine. Yeah, to me, they were always on television. So, so these movies that, for me, they really did kind of influence me because I would, it just kind of, you know, as a kid, I was just watching it and, and it just kind of made sense. I really do think in a weird way, it does influence the, the kind of stories I tell now. I, I don't like the word dark, but obviously I take it a little darker. But it, you know, but it's always like one premise, and then I go, maybe I go two premises. I mean, I was just thinking, the new show. There's a there's a mermaid episode I shot at Wikiwachi down in uh, Florida, where they've been doing the mermaid show since '47, and um, 
so a guy guys asks this mermaid out and she turns out to be a real mermaid and uh his friend is uh it, this guy's claiming that he's really woke and then when he finds out he's she's a mermaid doesn't want to go out and the other guy's saying well that's because you're a racist so, <laughs> so this guy goes takes a mermaid out to, to prove that he's not a racist and he starts falling for her and then it was in this lagoon and then Neptune pops up and he's just like, Hello whore you know, it's like that's my it's my ex, just keep going. And, <laughs> and uh and that, then we, that sounds... we had an underwater fight. You probably what other I mean I know I remember seeing Buster Keaton do one. Uh, yeah. underwater fight. Where where else what other pictures have Oh, that? um one of the Well the uh, James Bond movie. Yeah, the but I mean no, there's there's um Printer um, on the Black Lagoon. One of, the, uh, one of the Zucker Yeah, one of the films. Zucker There's films. Underwater. The, the, one, the Elvis one. The, oh, the Top yeah, Secret. Yeah. Top Secret. Yeah. Is Top Secret have an underwater bar yeah. fight, I feel like? Have yeah. you ever shot an underwater fight? Uh, not an underwater fight. I've shot underwater, and I don't recommend it. It's really slow. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't <laughs> it's awful. it? Taking off your wetsuit. Holy crap. It's, it's, it's the, the worst thing It's ever. the worst thing. <laughs> it's the worst thing. It's also just like you're watching. I'm dry watching the monitor. I go... Get him a C stand, you know. <laughs> you know, what I mean? you're like, you just that. We had manatees that kept coming into the, uh, uh, blocking the light. Oh, un- uninvited night. ones. Yeah, because they, I don't know why they were like moths, and the producers like, what are we waiting for? Did you have ADs? Yes, heard the manatees. <laughs> and, manatee uh, wranglers. Manatee. So this is a story that no matter how I tell it, always people don't. They're not on my side. And I got to figure out, maybe I should stop telling the story, or certainly maybe not publicly, but it was one of my best friends was playing Neptune, and, and um, but when we showed up, there's all these alligator signs, and I was like, hey, can you take those down before Tony gets here? <laughs> so I took out the warning alligator signs, and then we shot the scene, and then the next day, him and Bridget Everett are going... Yeah, that's weird. We had all those manatees last night. And they go, you know, they're endangered because alligators attack manatees. And I was like, yeah, well, it's funny you bring that up. (laughs) Like when we wrapped at 3 a.m., the prop guy, he's like, good night, boss. And night, Darren. He's got a big stack of alligator warning signs that he had to put back up. Now, I, I obviously I don't think, I don't know. I guess I in my head... I just assumed we would scare them off because there's so many of us. So many of you. And then sure. we'd go cut and I'd go down the shore and go, okay, that was good. Let's go again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the story's better now because we're on the other end of it. Yeah, That's yeah. The... I mean, then people would have hated me if Tony got attacked by an alien. <laughs> Although I would have rolled. Good stuff. No, no, no. Good publicity. Though. Yeah, yeah. Been. But no, it's funny you say that because there is something about, you know, there's, there's just a moment of heightened... No, shakes. It's sort of everything's very. Yeah, there's always this very world. normal, except there's this alcoholic. Clown this world is always yeah. And it's like okay, this is, and in in all the movies, um, well, well, that's not true. Uh, you know, I did a documentary, so that that, well, that yeah yeah, but but um, and the horror film probably doesn't. Yeah, you know, it's funny with just doing a straight suspense scary movie. Um, I, there's no million dollar duck in that. one. Yeah. So. Oh, there's Bigfoot, so I mean... Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah so. We're talking to a guy with two Bigfoot movies on his resume. I, yeah. <laughs> How many of us can say that? Which which Bigfoots? Well, the Willow Creek and, Willow uh, Creek. and the documentary. Oh, oh yeah, that is true. Yeah. I forgot. I thought you did, too. I was like, I don't, no, I don't I know your Bigfoot, any Bigfoot movies. movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was, what did you think of filming in Florida? Florida is one of the strangest states I've ever been in. It's just full of strange people. 
and Gatorland is yeah. one of the more bizarre places <laughs> that you could get. It's a big pit, and it's filled with alligators. When I say filled, I mean on top of one another, like for, for many, many, many feet. And then above them is a wire that has chickens hanging from it. <laughs> and the alligators jump up and eat the chickens, and tourists come and pay for the privilege of watching the alligators <laughs> eat the chickens. Wow. The jumperoo. Yeah. That's, but they sell it like you, you, these alligators are going to be <laughs> tap dancing through the air or something. And it's they're just alligators. It's and just, they're, yeah. And, they're, and the ones on the bottom, I, I, they must never get fed. I mean, they're yeah. just, it's, it's a big hole full Some of alligators. Dead. And also, if you get, if you get stuck on, a, on a, 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 a freeway in Florida, there are no off-ramps. So if, if you miss an off-ramp, <laughs> you have to go to the next county. To get off that street, yeah, you go. I guess we're going to Tampa, guys. It's a really, it's a really weird place. Did you was 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 that filmed in the Keys at all? Or yeah, we shot in the Keys for a little yeah. while, but most of it was in um, uh, Orlando. Yeah, and did you oh, did you ever meet Bill Castle at all? No, never did. Never did. What and, and I met John Waters. He played William Castle. Did, were you were you were you tempted to to do a straight on? Bill Castle biopic and why no. didn't you? you no, just, because, you well, it? because that's a different story. I mean, the story I was telling was about the Cuban Missile Crisis and the idea was to have this filmmaker come to this town with his, with his horror movie, but it's got to be an atomic-type horror movie. Right. And Castle didn't make any of those. Ah. He made gimmick movies, but he didn't make many giant right, right, right. movies. So it's not actually strictly accurate, but the, so is the, but the Cuban, guy has the same... It was the story and then... But you still were obviously drawn to a Bill Castle type. Well, the first, the original script was about a haunted movie theater, and there was a, car- a horror movie actor who came to this movie theater. But by the time it got finished, it was now about the Cuban Missile Crisis, and the movie theater was sort of not haunted anymore. <laughs> so the script that you were writing was this was this a script you were? That was a script somebody else wrote, and had sent and they had changed to it. us. No, no, we tried to get it made at Warner Brothers, and they didn't want to do it. And the only time we, the only way we could get it made was to bring in another writer and make it more about something real, which is the, you know the missile crisis, right. which I was the right age for. I mean, right. I was the same age as the people in the movie, and it's scrupul- it's scrupulously accurate about that period. Yeah. Uh, and when we went to Key West, we went to the real locations, and we got all the army gear and put it in the same places. And I mean, it's a very accurate representation of that wow. particular period. Did uh, uh, so? When did Bill Castle die? Oh, he died in. Uh, Was it like in the seventy? Oh, okay, so so he didn't. He he wasn't aware. No, of no, it. no, he wasn't around. I know his daughter though. Yeah. Did she like it? Yeah. How could she not? Well, speaking of water-based films, <clears throat> what are you? No, do you? Um, no, this story he was just talking about how this should start. I handed in a script for um, my new series, and. Uh, it was, uh, it, I wanted to do uh, angst, you know, 50s uh, teen rebel film. And I made it, it was a werewolf story, but he's hanging out with beatniks and he starts, he shoots dope for the first time and he doesn't turn into a werewolf. So the high road for this guy is to stay strung out all the time, you know, and everyone's like <laughs> trying to have intervention, the version, the 50s version of intervention. And I think when I finished it, I think I wrote the whole thing just so. The dad, as he's getting torn apart, he actually goes, you're tearing me apart. Oh. You know? so, so when I looked at the script, I was like, that's a long way to go for that. Oh, you know? So then it was right around the, it was right during um, the election. So I changed it to 
uh, it's in the 70s and it's more like the candidate or uh, facing the crowd and uh, maybe all the president's men kind. I shot it. In the, it's it's the '70s, young cub reporter, and um, David Koechner plays a, a like a, who's Cal Worthington kind of character, like a guy who does his own TV commercials. But he's more <clears throat> more abrasive, and he's popular in the South. He, and he, the people love him. You know, he shoots from the hip, uh, so they run him as a candidate and. Uh, and his, you know, his campaign manager. Anything we should know about you? He said, "Oh yeah, I'm a werewolf." And uh, <laughs> he goes, oh, "Anything else?" Yeah, I ate a toddler once. I was a werewolf. <laughs> it's like, well, no one's perfect. And so they they run this guy. Uh, and uh, well, I don't know who's going to watch the show. It, what, you know, it, of course, it comes out and no one cares. You know, he's like, you know, "Yes, I'm a werewolf, but I'm an American first, you know, and uh, I think that would work today. Yeah, that, yeah. That so, today. so we, we, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, you, yeah. So, so I got to give it up to the people who are making this series for it because they actually got a copy of the Teenage Junkie Werewolf, and then the following week it was in the seventies, and it was Cal Worthington is, is a we, werewolf we running for president. Tonight, it's, uh, I, was, I was listening to somebody, and they were reminiscing fondly of when Jocelyn Elders had to step down for. Recommending that children masturbate. That was so scandalous. We yeah. could not have our yeah. politics. There's n- at this point, it's it's such a barrage and such a pounding every day. Yeah. That... Well, he was making rape jokes yesterday. Yeah. It's yeah, it's the president. Uh... So back to Disney. Um... Yeah. Rape, yeah. Disney. Well, yeah, no, that, was the, that was the segue, Joe. You didn't have to spell it out for the audience. They got it. Uh... Um, were, were you... Uh... Was it just the kind of fantastic ones, or were you like a Boatniks guy too? No, I didn't. I, I, Boatniks, I didn't like that. It's still really? like me now. Like I don't go to a comedy comedy, but but yeah, it had to have something really weird, you know. Or how about where does? Because I, I one of my favorites, and it's almost that. It's not fantastic, but it sort of was uh, never a dull moment. No, or it's, it's great. It's not. There's not a fantasy element, but Dick Van Dyke plays an actor who is uh, mistaken through a series of, you know this film, mm-hmm. uh, through a seri- uh, series of incidents for a uh, hitman who's coming to town to do a job for, oh. for Edward G. Robinson, who plays the head mobster. And he goes on and he spends a weekend at the house having to pass himself off. And the actual hitman is Jack Elam, uh-huh. who then shows up. And, and Dick Van Dyke and Jack Elam are yeah. locked in the house. <laughs> Twinsies. And Henry Silva's in it. I mean, it's an amazing wow. cast. And it ends with Dick Van Dyke and Jackie Elam getting locked in the house to prove which one is the real guy, because the real guy will kill the phony. And it's... It's, du- it's dark. It's dark great. and funny as hell. Yeah, and it's, I, it's, like I, I said, would it's like not, to see that. It's not a magical duck, but it is an actor having to pass as a hitman. Um, what was this... What was the... Is it Dick Van Dyke? The, there's a movie where it's basically pot... It's like what's so bad about feeling good? I think is the name. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, with Mary maybe. Tyler Moore. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a. It's, it's basically everybody smokes pot. It's a grass movie, but they it. have a toucan that shows up, <laughs> and then everybody feels good when the toucan shows up. It's a very odd movie. Not a. Only been made in '67. Yeah, <laughs> but is it? What's the Carl Reiner picture? Oh, uh, Wild um, um, Cold Turkey. No, no, no. no. Thrill, thrill with, of it all? No, the one with. Oh. Um, Maybe it's not him. Where it's like a, oh, it's like it's it's like a silent film actor. It's like a hybrid. Oh, is it called? Oh, the comic. the comic. The comic. The yeah, comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'd Billy, never Billy seen, Bright is the name. Yeah, of the I'd never seen that until recently, and that starts off with him dead. That's a, that's an interesting movie, but apparently Terry. it was very very um, 
chopped up by the studio. Oh, really? Uh, because it was an R, and they didn't want an R oh, with a Dick Van Dyke oh, movie. Dick Van Dyke movie. And so, and, and you know, it's a fair, he, the characters goes through a lot of sordid stuff. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Driving house, and yeah. 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 yeah, and he's really bitter. And it's not yeah. his house; it's his neighbor's. House. That's right. Yeah, and he's drunk <laughs> and all the time. Mickey Rooney is in it. He plays a, guy, a character named Cockeye, who's like Ben Turpin. Oh, yeah. Which you could never do today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right, right. But you, but only if you're doing the Ben Turpin story. You couldn't do the Ben Turpin. Story. It's like Chris Pine is Ben Turpin. <laughs> is Ben Turpin? <laughs> <laughs> like I've always, I think a lot of people, I've always flirted with the idea of doing a, a, a Lepetamine movie, but, but I think the only way it really has to be like, you know. Daniel Day Lewis is Joseph Bourgeau and La Petame, you <laughs> didn't, know. Didn't um, didn't Mel Brooks want to do that? Did he? Probably. I mean, he had in Blazing Saddles the sheriff's name is the yeah. Petame. Uh, but it has to be. It's like it's a little bit what you're talking about. Okay, well, it's going to be. It's it's about the Cuban Missile Crisis, and you know, he's got to go. Well, what is La Petame's story? It can't just be about a guy who writes right. music. Although it is kind of funny if he's just a tortured artist, <laughs> and then dies, and then he dies. Well, they all end that way. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> maybe you could do uh, the Christ story. <laughs> That's what I was saying to my my just girlfriend. Moment, my girlfriend really loves, uh, and I came in way too late. You know, Game of Thrones, and and. You can't come too late. Oh, I mean, it's. I started it, in like, episode, it, what is it, five seasons? Uh, it's. I, I've been watching it since the very beginning, and half the time, I just have to turn to whoever I'm with and say, Who is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> Who does he work for? What are we watching? Well, why is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> How are I was you like, following this is the question. Yeah. Well, we have. Yeah, so. Uh, it doesn't help Snow, that there's. Right? It doesn't He's, help that there's all this time between the the, the yeah. seasons. seasons too, and you yeah. forget all this stuff, and they don't, and they're not big on recaps. They there was, just there was a great meme going around that it was saying it was like my my dad explains who all the characters are, and it was just headshots, and it was you know the bald guy and. The, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like going. Uh, she's like, you're not into this. I go, well, you you, you have your protagonist dead. And then he comes back to life. I go, that's where the New Testament lost me. <laughs> it's like, at that point, there's no stakes. There's no stakes. <laughs> that was my problem with the crow, by the way. About, uh, the big, big fight with a girlfriend at the time about the crow. It just it drove me crazy. It's, 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 well, there is that. He can't uh, be hurt, and he's the good guy. And, oh, and then there's, yeah, nothing. Good. And so yet the he, guy who played him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought when you brought it up, you were going for a really tasteless joke. No, 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 no. no we no, don't no. do those. Here. I was like, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize this is going to be. Let the, we let the listeners do that. Yeah. Exactly. So, so uh, that pocket of movies. Uh, I also had a, a crush on Sandy Duncan as a little boy. All right. She's the, let's see, was she, she's, the, she's the wife in Million Dollar Duck yeah, the mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was she in others? I'm sure she was. They uh, should have used the. Uh, I don't know. A lot of Dean Jones. I just, uh, Dean Jones. Uh, Ken Berry. Ken Berry. Yeah, Ken Berry. Just Ken Berry like uh, Dean Past. <laughs> I've got exactly. Ken Berry's number. <laughs> God damn it, he's on Mama's Place. But Joe now. Flynn is in someone, and uh, James Gregory. Well, and uh, Edward Andrews. I mean, all those, all those guys. Yeah. That, that that were Elliot Reed. I wanted to do Where a Joe they... Flynn biopic. I'm not joking. Are many, you many years ago, I just because of his presence. Where, and I did a lot well, of digging, and there just wasn't. 
enough. He, he was lived just in a working valley. actor. <laughs> he ran for Congress briefly. Really? Um, but was he? Up. But did he come from stand-up, or was he just a funny no, actor? Just, he was an actor. Yeah. Did was he was he that guy at all? Is that the I, I, you couldn't even find much about that? Because he's always just in a bad ah. mood. Yeah. But watching him and James Gregory is it? Yeah, it's Million Dollar Duck where they're. Yeah. One's the yeah, one's the neighbor, and the other guy's his boss who works at the. Well, Treasury. James Gregory is always cranky ever since, and he, I just, ever since I, he lost the presidency in the Manchurian Candidate. Exactly. <laughs> no, I just have these fantasies of those guys, all those guys, going to hang out at the smokehouse afterwards and just getting wasted until he's. Now there's out. a there's a. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Was, or call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Uh, have you ever seen uh, as talking, Jim Backus shows up in this a movie called Chomps? No, oh, yeah. I know it's about it's about it's about camels. No, it's a robot dog. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking What's of Homps. Oh, Homps, <clears throat> not Chomps, Chomps. not Homps. Chomps. Chomps is a robot dog. I don't know. Right? I don't know Homps. No Homps. Homps. H a what? Homps. Mid seventies, I think. Wow, yeah, it's an army camel or something. Yeah, and is he? Does he talk? Uh, I don't <laughs> think so. I, I <laughs> have you seen it? it? I saw it once, and I man, you watch did not commit it. So well, just once. I, I haven't committed it to <laughs> just memory. Just once. Obviously, I. It must be preying on me because I confused it with the better known Chomps. Chomps is, <laughs> is this robot dog. Yes, uh, and uh, red buttons is in it, and uh, it's it's worth seeing, or at least the trailer, because it'll be like, I think it's around six million dollar man. So they have like a a real dog, and then they mime screwing its head off, and then they cut to the <laughs> and, and then tons of slow motion where this dog is. Yeah, it's it's kind of. Uh, it's bananas and Valerie. But it's trying to be Disney. It's not. It, actually, yeah, and yeah, it, but yeah. it's made by um, Hanna Barbera. So there's some animation uh, in there. Oh, interesting. And then you, and then it, it feels like after they screened it or something, they suddenly you've been watching this whole movie, and now all of a sudden the dogs are talking. They haven't talked the whole movie, <laughs> and this one goes, <laughs> he says like. Up your butt, or something like that. Up your poop, or something. It doesn't even make sense. It's like, it's well, really dog. weird. Yeah, he's a dog. He's not, he's not good. He's not known for polish. He's a dog. He's like, maybe we. It's not put, that it's done well. It's, it's that not, it's done at all. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, if a dog well, came in and said, "Up your poop," I wouldn't be like going, "That doesn't make any sense." Right? You're a foolish dog. A fool. I'd be like, "This dog. Do you know the talking dog joke?" No, I don't. I don't really like street jokes, but I, I, this is a joke I, I'm fond of. Where a guy sees an ad, talking dog, fifty dollars, 
And he goes over and he got a doggy dog for the yeah, he goes, he's in the back. And he goes in and the dog's like, Hey, how you doing? He's like, Oh my god. He goes he goes, uh, did you really talk? Yeah, yeah, I really talk. He goes, Oh, well tell me about yourself. He goes, Well, you know, I I uh I started off I was in the uh fire department, you know, and uh, I was involved in uh you know, I was at nine eleven and I, I rescued a lot of people and uh you know, I, I had to get away from it all, and so I took time off, and I was in the Alps. But then again, I just found myself, and I was rescuing people and ski accidents, and and then after that, I uh, well, I was in, in I was in Afghanistan. I was part of the yeah. I helped the SEAL team, you know, try to and you know help help catch Bin Laden. And the guy says, "The other guy, this dog is amazing." He goes, "Why do you want to sell it?" He goes, "Cause that dog's a fucking liar." <laughs> 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 we, um, were we talking about carnival magic a little while ago? You what? were. I okay. Yeah, no, it's carnival magic. Low budget. It was an Al uh, Al Adamson. Al Adamson kids film. Carnival magic. Yeah, Al, Al, Al used to make motorcycle pictures and sex pictures and stuff like that on really really low budgets with his wife. And uh, <laughs> when that market dried up, he apparently decided he wanted to do kids pictures. So he did a picture called Carnival Magic, which stars a chimp. Oh. Which they decided after they made the film talks. So it's, it's dubbed oh. in a way. And so that every time you know, this guy comes out and he's friends with the chimp and they do an act. And they do all these tricks. But now they've dubbed in parts where the chimp is talking. And the audience is acting like they're watching a monkey do tricks. You know? Oh, so the cutaways are like, yay! Yeah. <laughs> and he's like saying, up your poop. Exactly. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense, monkey. It's insane. Now, uh, well, there were a lot of imitation Disney movies, particularly from overseas. Oh, you know, sure. Remember the like P.B. P- P- Longstocking movies, which sure. are unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the, um, uh, the the dreadful K. Gordon Murray childhood classics uh they, 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 when they discovered there was some money to be made in matinees they bought up these mexican fairy tales oh yes and they dubbed them exactly frightening and they're so creepy one, and one of them the, one, the most famous one is is santa claus yeah in which santa claus d- uh, duels <laughs> with satan for Fantastic. for the kitties on and, and it's it's uh and the, the production values are porno level uh and <laughs> And they are—they are the strangest, most upsetting movies to watch. I've—I have never heard of these. Uh, uh, worth, worth Little Red Ri- Little Red Riding Hood versus the Monsters. That's the one of that. That's, one one. Of, that's, that's, that's the, the one. Monsters. That's the one to see. That's just lazy writing. <laughs> versus the what do you got? Monsters. Monsters yeah. Sure. <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood versus the Monsters. You know, I—I I remember. I did go back and watch some of these movies we're talking about. Oh, recently? I did go back and watch Cat from Outer Space and, and Million Dollar Duck. And and they didn't... Uh, I actually did enjoy watching them. Yeah. Versus uh, my memories of, you know, that first movie you saw and you came home and you... It, for me, it really was... Uh, 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 in the church, that we they the they had a screen, they had a print of uh, Santa Claus versus the Martians, oh. which really doesn't make much sense. <laughs> and I was like, "Mom, yeah, I came home. I saw the greatest movie ever. You know, I was so <laughs> enraptured." And then I, I don't know if you ever gone back to watch it. It's it peaks at the opening credits. <laughs> yeah. like, Santa Claus. No, but these things are Santa good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember it was it was uh, uh, yeah, it's a Million Dollar Duck. I remember. Um, there's a scene where 
it's, it's been a few years, right? Joe Flynn works for James Gregory, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he calls him up, and they cut to a room in D.C., and James Gregory picks the phone, and goes, blah, blah. <laughs> what that rewind? He picks up the phone, turn it up, playing it through the stereo. And I go, oh, we have closed captioning on these DVDs now. And I hit it, and he goes, Treasury Department, may I help you? Just like, I would love to see James Gregory and... Joe, like Nick Nolte and Joe Flynn get together. Just I just realized that, that, that <laughs> these movies definitely yeah. did influence my new series because we'll just suddenly cut to it'll be DC and it'll say Department of Time. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Department of Time. They were. They were. And, and, and so yeah, there's. A, I did like a. Uh, there's an episode that's a, like a Jerry Lewis kind of like a Frank Tashlin kind of film, uh, but it's you know it's. It's the Kennedy assassination, but like with the Jerry Lewis, kind <laughs> the Jerry Lewis of, Frank Tashlin yeah. version of the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, Wait, I'm yeah. Sorry, I, when is the show yeah. coming? It's, yeah, that, that was the, really the idea. We've been waiting. for When that. does this and, start? And, uh, when do we see these? Uh, they start next uh, July 11th, the first one. Okay, um, on on True TV. It's uh, if you have cable, you have it. Like people go, do I have it? Whenever I tell them, it's one of those channels that you don't know you have. Yeah, my, yeah. Do I get it? Will my but will my new refrigerator get it? Is yeah, the thing because that does uh, apparently. Does your TV have a flat screen? Uh, the the refrigerator. Uh, no, I don't actually have a friend of ours just got a new refrigerator. It's actually With got a screen. flat screen and it gets yeah. it gets apps that. Like Apple TV, and you watch TV on your refrigerator while you're. Because <laughs> that three seconds. Why would you want to do that? I, I yeah. don't know, Joe. It <laughs> makes no sense. But, you know, you would ask my grandmother or, my, or tell my grandmother, and she'd go, Why do you want to watch a movie on your telephone? So. Yeah, I, yeah. I can yeah. understand that. Did you ever see that? Someone asking David Lynch about <laughs> watching a oh, movie God, on yeah. a phone. Yeah, it's beautiful. Are you? Because he never curses. He's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, like he never curses, and you see him snap. Have you have you spoken with him much? Because it's kind of funny. Because I I saw him at Bruce Stern when Bruce Stern got his star on Hollywood Boulevard. I I, 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 I met him and. We talked about Mulholland Drive, which is my favorite of his. Oh yeah. Well, he, but years ago, I met with him about making a, a picture, and he, uh, it was about about a guy who digs a hole. <laughs> All right, that's the movie. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> he digs a hole. He keeps digging a hole, and then everybody works on this hole, and then, and then someone asks, "Why are we digging this hole?" And 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 he, the boss, because it becomes this this, this boss. Everybody works at the hole digging it, and then someone asks why we're digging it, and you think he's going to get killed, but he gets promoted to management, and and everybody resents him, and every, his whole life goes to hell. And then at the end of the movie, he starts digging his own hole. But um, but I can't imagine why that that didn't fly. Like David was just like, going, no, wait a minute, I've got Bobcat Goldthwait attached to play the guy digging the digging hole, the hole. <laughs> and he wanted. To you know, and he had been scouting holes. There's a big giant <laughs> hole in Mexico that he liked, God but it. but he 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 was quoting my act, which had a lot of curses in it. But he would just go, and 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 then you said the f word, and then you said like <laughs> it's really, it kind of adorable. Uh, yeah. was, oh, that's funny. I I remember I my uh, uh, I used to live uh, near the Chinese, and I remember driving. This is a famous. Thing. I remember getting stuck in traffic on Franklin. Or no, on Hollywood Boulevard, forever, and it was insane. You're just getting angrier and angrier and angrier, and you drive, and there's that church at La Brea in Hollywood, and 
and uh, there was David Lynch sitting in front of the church on a lawn chair with a cow and a big sign saying, <laughs> give Laura Dern an Emmy. I remember and that. And he was stumping for Laura Dern. And you just, all your road rage just goes out the window. It's like, holy shit, that that's was the your, greatest thing ever. That was ever. your Bob was Dylan just, with the Spock Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to kiss him. Um, but uh, uh, that's sad. I would love to see the whole film. The whole film. Well, maybe I'll call him up and say, hey, it's me. Yeah, tell hey, you Dave Bobcat. Well, maybe he could do it as an 18-hour uh, yeah, movie. A, Eighteen I, episodes, like his last 18, one. Yeah. yeah, I kind of. Uh, what did he when you told him that you were a fan of Mulholland Drive? What did he say? Well, I was just you know congratulating him on the fact that it started out as a TV show and he somehow managed to completely repurpose it into something completely different, yeah. based on what must have been a plan to do you know a lot of different episodes. And he, I think he just sort of tossed that and said, "How am I gonna?" And, and it's it's a rare opportunity when a filmmaker is, is to go Canal Plus comes to you and says, "Here's yeah. money, right, for you to fix your your project, you know, and we'll distribute it." Now, uh, did he? Was it Mutual Admiration Society? Did he tell you that he enjoyed one of your pictures? I'm not sure he knew who I was. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "He just said, who's that really smart guy? <laughs> that guy. I like the cut of his jib. I can't. I would kill to get him in here. I can't see that we could have a long conversation with David Lynch about other people's movies." doesn't oh. strike me as that. Well, maybe. But maybe. Who knows? I, Who knows? I no, he is a mystery. Uh, yeah. I mean, Werner Herzog is a big um, Fred Astaire fan. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes. We've, uh, uh, that would be that would be I'll bet he hasn't seen Midas Run. What is Midas Run? <laughs> it's a picture Fred Astaire was in in his non-dancing day. Non-dancing. Uh, uh, non-dancing or the Daring Doberman. Nobody wants that. Nobody <laughs> oh, wants I know that. the Daring Dobermans. <laughs> And then there was another now Doberman. That's, but that's a vaguely Disney esque knockoff. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah, it's a little more violent, though. Than yeah. That. But oh, there's what? another Doberman picture, too, that the, had that. The Doberman Prince. Gang. Yeah, Doberman Gang. Freddie Prince. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a genre, Doberman. And then you did it. You did Doberman for Trailer Some Help, which is a French, I, I, a French gangster. nothing to do with Doberman. <laughs> 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 it had Doberman in the title. Yes. I said, listen, as long as you have Doberman in the title, <laughs> it's a go. It's picture. a go. <laughs> Can it, so so wait what else have you watched any other I we don't you know I didn't I'm go trying back. to no no I understand your premise I hope I, I didn't bring it I'm there's trying, a premise yeah there's, there's a premise there's, and it's rock song so we're going to have to cut most of this it, out because it's not interesting but uh, <laughs> that's a nice thing to say while he's still while he's here <laughs> our guest today it's, uh, <laughs> and then you just don't you, you just hear Bobcat came in but he wasn't interested so we're not hear, running it you just hear Joe's pants going off <laughs> The uh, yeah the uh, the, <laughs> the the theremin <laughs> uh, it gets your attention yeah yeah do you uh, have you used theremin in your scores when possible yes yeah me yeah, too theremin's I like, great I theremin's do too great. and you know what though it's not even just that it's this uh, starter pistol for something weird and spooky coming I I, I actually like. Uh, I like any kind of music that I can use that's n- without percussion. Does that sound right? Sometimes the heavier the percussions, yeah. I feel like it, it competes with the dialogue. Well, that's why Psycho is all all violin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I'm, I'm going to mangle this story, but the great thing is I will call her, get the details right, and then I'll loop it back in and make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. But I was literally just talking to Alison Anders about, whoops, about um, Grace of My Heart. And there's a scene in there where uh, the Brian Wilson type character, played by Matt Dillon, is doing his crazy over the top, you know, uh, album. And they have a guy playing theremin on camera who's actually a guy who 
plays theremin. And I think it was the, the song was written by Jay Maskus, trying to kind of capture that vibe. And they're shooting in between shooting, and the guy talks about he's, he goes, yeah, this you know kind of reminds me. You know, I did some of this stuff for like a lot of guys back in the day. And Allison goes, did you ever work with the Beach Boys? He's like, yeah, I think I did. Um, I did something with them. It was good. Uh, Good something. Good, good. She goes, good vibrations? <laughs> he had played theremin on good vibrations. Wow. Just, just another job. Could not remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just another job, yeah. Good, good, good goodbye, Mr. Chips. I don't know. Some, goodbye, some... K-Rations. So, uh, Barefoot Dis- Executive, go. Live action Disney films. <laughs> Did they make all the... Uh, there was also like a series of a lot of Chimps films. Do you remember those? There would be like um, well, the trouble with monkeys. Well, it's not what you think. It's about a guy who has monkeys and they cause a lot of trouble. There was well, that was that was more that was the eighties. No, no, trouble but then, with in the sixties there was Moon Pilot, which had a monkey in it. Oh, okay, right, and with Tom Tryon. Well, there's that. One, uh, and then there was a there, there was a there Harvey was a, Keitel movie called I will never forget. Lieutenant Robin Crusoe has monkeys in it. Oh, that's oh right. yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, um, William Hickey. Yeah. For some reason, I caught a few minutes one year of the MTV video or movie awards and, and William Bill Hickey, Hickey came out and he was talking about what a great year it was for movies and obviously he was very angry and he, he <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember him going of course then there's monkey trouble which is about all the trouble you get into with a monkey <laughs> things that stayed Bill Hickey, that was Harvey Keitel in Bill Hickey trouble. shows up in uh, The Producers yes he does I, at the bar yeah isn't that weird it's very odd and he looks 112 years old Even he then. always looked 112 yeah. <laughs> yeah born old imagine him on his first date I was <laughs> in 1850 I was in a movie called One Crazy Summer and Bill Hickey's in that movie oh my god I've, he's and in, he's yeah and he's like being nominated for an Oscar well, so well we're just horrible like you know he's <laughs> In this scene, you throw your cigar and it goes into the guy in the Godzilla suit's mouth. Go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oscar-nominated Bill Hickey. Was he? Did you get any time with him? Or? No, I talked to him. He, he was actually fine, and you know, uh, uh, he, he 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 probably wasn't thrilled about being in one crazy summer. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great movie. Come on. Was he? Does he? Was that his persona? Was or was that really him? No, he was. He was. He was sweet. You know, yeah. I worked with. Uh, someone just asked me this last night because I, I did a Tales from the Crypt with Rick. You know, and um, he was really sweet. He's I mean, a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he would, he, he, you know, he would do what you expected him to do when the crew was around. Right. And then when we were just the two of us, he'd be so sweet. And he didn't like the way I dressed. He thought I should dress up for the stage. Like he would yell. Like, <laughs> can you imagine me doing like my act in a tuxedo? Aga, aga, aga. <laughs> you know, so, so yeah. Uh, my favorite Rickles joke is when uh, Frank. Uh, Frank Jr. Remember Frank Sinatra Jr. was kidnapped. Oh, Frank! And then he he was let go. And and when Rickles found out that Frank Jr. had been freed, he goes, "What happened? Did did they hear him humming in the trunk?" And <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that he says humming instead of singing. Yes, I was like that's that's why Rickles was was a genius. I it's nowhere. It, um... I, I had one very brief encounter with Don Rickles, but it was such a strange place. I, I took a friend who was younger to see uh, Bruce Springsteen in 1999 when they opened the Staples Center. And we're getting to our seats, and there's a bunch of people. And, you know, you're crammed up, and you have to sort of squeeze by, and everybody stands up. And I find myself knee-to-knee with Don Rickles. 
at a Bruce Springsteen, at a Bruce Springsteen concert. concert. No idea why. And I just, I just sort of put my hands together and I bowed before him as you do before. And Rickles, I just, I mean, you go, move along, you hockey puck. <laughs> like, oh, we hey, went to I our seat. Yeah, yeah. We sat down and my friend goes, what an asshole. <laughs> it's like, do you, do you that know? old guy just called me out. <laughs> you've, been, you've been knighted. We have been, yeah. This is going to be the best yeah. show you've ever seen yeah. in your life. It was, and it was great. But I kept looking over to see if Rickles, you know, it's a Bruce show. Everybody sings along. If he knew the, the he, words. Yeah, he was not singing along. To, I wonder what he, why he was there. I, he, I'm sure he was there with his kids. Oh, okay. Um, Who were probably and they left, for the, they left for the encore, <laughs> so he only got the first four oh, and a half hours. Oh, yeah, show. yeah. But it was... Uh, so let's see about other Disney... I didn't World's know, Greatest Athlete. World's Greatest Athlete is... Uh, <laughs> it's either Kurt Russell He's or... I'll up. take the job. I'll take it. World's, World's Greatest Athlete. I'm on, the, I'm on the podcast. World's Greatest Athlete is Kurt Russell. Is agent? I'm talking on the podcast. You're interrupting me. Keep it this. this is definitely a big Yeah, but not for 15 minutes. <laughs> is that really an agent calling you? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, is that Kurt Russell or was that? Uh, no, that is Kurt Jim, Russell. Jim, Jim Michael Vincent. No, no. Kurt, Which one was Jim wait, Michael Vincent? He was in the the, the Tarzan one. Wasn't I that World's Greatest Athlete? Oh, that. then it is. Then. Maybe it is. Yeah, it is. World's greatest Strongest athlete. man in the world. World's greatest athlete is... Well, what is a, Bob Crane. No, yes. that's Super Dad. <laughs> Super Dad is Bob there Crane. There are a lot of those, aren't there? Which which one? Is, that's which, what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a weird genre. It's, <laughs> Super Dad. You that's know the you, one where he's just a cock block. <laughs> that's basically... And, and he's they, got powers. And that's the other thing. But but he's trying to prevent his daughter from Oh, is from he really from... from yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So, but... Bob like, Crane like is trying one, to keep here's you from the thing. having sex. I just said, oh, it, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Crane. You're not having sex with my daughter. I am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bob Crane. Wait, wait, I need to like this. <laughs> so so I like that I stumbled on, I was about, like, oh, he's a cock block. Uh, and that's the premise of that movie. And now they make that movie. Right. And they don't use any induendo. They just call it cock block. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know I'm really close to, hey, kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> But, but, but yeah, you used to have to come up with a metaphor. When I was your age, we had a metaphor. That's right. And, and Bob, you have wholesome guys like Bob Crane and <laughs> <laughs> Joe Flynn, I'm sure. But it is uh, always the, the, I watched so much, uh, uh, Hogan's Heroes and reruns when I was a kid. Sure. And now it's, I mean, that, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's been done to death, but that premise is insane. I, somebody sold that. Now, it's just, still like 17. Yeah, but it is, yeah. I mean, it, that's a, a naked, it's, an, it's yeah. nakedly stolen from, from that. Yeah. Now, I don't, and I really... But nobody made Sophie's Choice into a movie. Yeah, but... Yeah. Or a TV show. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that, and I'm, I can be correct, that's Billy Wilder. Yeah. So, so, but I don't remember the picture that well. Was there any humor in it? Oh, there was a lot oh, of humor. Oh, it's very funny. There's a lot of humor. Oh, really? But it's not it's, a comedy. No, no, but I can't imagine him... No, there's a lot of humor. ...not having those laughs come yeah. through. Yeah, I mean, you just... But you ratchet it. It's... It's It's not... It's like, you know, Hogan's Heroes has turned three or four... 30 days point. in the cooler! <laughs> there's even a Schultz. Mm-hmm. There's even a Schultz. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. But it was, was it just such a messy idea that they could go, hey, they're doing a comedy of your movie? He goes, I don't care. I, yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to go, that was my idea. He probably didn't care. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. did you know him? No. I never met Billy. 
No, I knew the bartender over at Musos who looked just like him. <laughs> I used to say, which is almost as we good. all know that guy. Yeah, yeah. But there's also like, uh, uh, not Musos. There was a what was the place on the end of Sunset? There, you, I would see Dean Martin. I could never. Go oh, the talk Cock and Bull. Oh. And I would never talk to him. Yeah, yeah. You just see well, he was him. always moping because his son died. Ah. So he was he was pretty unhappy. He. Uh, I used to see Jack Webb there though because he was he was a part owner. Oh really? And Jack was always snookered every time I ever saw. Him. <laughs> Did you go up and down? Allegedly. Him? Allegedly. I, I don't think it would be possible. Are you a shy but, person? No, but he used to. Well, I, Jack Webb is sitting say? in the corner with his eyes half closed and a smile on his face. <laughs> what am I going to go up and interrupt him? He's Jack Webb. <laughs> Put me in jail. You go, hey, Jack Webb, uh, uh, need some pretzels? <laughs> you said Do you remember the Smart Teens hey. episode of. Uh, of uh... Dragnet with it? Wait. Oh, the wait, the is that the, the acid one you mean? No, Smart Teens was they had a bunch of Disney animators get together and come up with posters that were against drugs. Uh, really? It must, must have been Dragnet 69. Uh, the uh, the color version. 67. No, it was, it was 67, it was 68, and 69. They actually put Dragnet wow. 69 on TV? They just kept, put, they just kept changing the dates. <laughs> Dragnet 69. No uh, comment. Uh, um, <laughs> the sexiest of all the dragnets. The sexiest of all dragnets. The, um, I don't think the word Jack Webb you know what in 69 has it, ever been thought of, let alone spoken out loud. That's sexy. I, I try. I try. He's just so... I mean, Pete Kelly's blues. People love Pete Kelly's blues. I, uh, it's not bad. You know, the DI well, is pretty good. Yeah, the DI. Well, he's actually... Because he's using right. his Jack Webbiness. Yeah. There's just something about him. Now, that, is Jack uh, Webb a, a jazz bow? Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very much so. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. P. Kelly's Blues. And P. Kelly's is, very, is, a, is yeah. a good jazz movie. I mean, it's uh, got a lot of yeah. good stuff on it. It's kind of weird that, and also Clint so, Eastwood being a, a jazz bow. Yeah. I think he's more hardcore than Jack Webb, but, but Jack Webb was... But it is kind of interesting. I think it's strange that, like, like, like we started off us talking about people unfollow because of your politics. You know, it's like I, 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 I would never not go see a Clint Eastwood movie because of how he votes. No, me neither. Or John he, Wayne or any of those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I do like. I mean, I, I, you know, every once in a while he still does nail it. You know, I, 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 I don't have a beef with. I mean, it's just really, it's insane where we're going with your. With people, there is kind of, but then I go like, yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you. I just don't go to Clint Eastwood movies anymore because his politics or because they're not good. No, was there? Yeah, no, not because. Not let's just say not because of his politics. <laughs> but but uh, you know, we're not going to get Clint on this show. Uh, we're not going to get Clint on the show. That's true. I think Clint's coming on. I, I feel I feel <laughs> something he's walking around the park lot. He's know. like, it's so hot. But <laughs> <laughs> I went. Oh my God! Yeah. By the way, if we get Clint on it, he wants to do live action Disney films in the seventies. Well, you tell him it's already tapped out. (laughs) We tried it for about five minutes with Bob Scratch. Uh, So Flynn. Uh, I once was I was in uh, Savannah and one crazy summer. So I did that movie with John Cusack and uh, I'm in this hotel. I open up the door. They're filming uh, uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. And I opened up the door, and I and I was just there filming, and I was like, Johnny, it was Cusack, and he goes, oh, come to lunch, and I'm sitting there, I don't know, Clint, and so Clint's across the table from us, and he starts talking about how the Pope uh, borrowed his bus when he was touring the uh, uh, Northern California, this is years ago, but the Pope was in America and, and borrowed Clint Eastwood's bus, and I was like, I was like, did he? 
Do you leave any weed in there? And <laughs> <laughs> said, Jen doesn't laugh. He doesn't, doesn't know who I am. He's just like looking at me. And he's like, nobody smokes on my bus. <laughs> <laughs> like I could just see him just staring at me like, what an, what an odd little man. Like who is this? Who is this? You know? well, come on, he fired back. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He, yeah. Yeah, hey, he was like, nobody smokes on my bus. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I just, like times where, where, where you just bomb, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, with people that are like, you know, like I remember, just remember, I don't even remember what I said. But I, how did? But that's him doing his thing. That's him that being was, funny. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're. Uh, like, oh, he's being funny. I'll be so, funny back. So, like, do you have the equivalent of that? Well, that's not like someone who I looked up to. I remember like bombing China, like trying to be funny around Mel Brooks. I just, just wanted to go kill myself afterwards. Because that's a movie, you know, like Young Frankenstein, you know, these films may have influenced me as a, as like pubescent but yeah. or, or pre pubescent, but but Young Frankenstein was the first time I went into a movie, bought a ticket watched the movie, walked out, bought another ticket, and watched it again. Because I mm-hmm. was just, like, my mind was blown. And that was, again, smashing genres. Yeah. You know, with... I, I probably, besides the producers, my favorite, because cause even though the, there are some big, silly gags in there, he kind of really stays true to the... It's a real... To the, well, he loves yeah. those pictures. Yeah. And, yeah. He was, and he was very meticulous about the recreating the sets and stuff. Yeah. I, mean, it's, um, I feel it's more of the... Am I right or wrong? Is it more of the bride... That, no, there's a lot of bride. There's some of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. I mean, there's a whole bunch of set pieces and characters from Son of Frankenstein. No, I don't. I mean, I've heard the term Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. What what happens there? Uh, they, they fight. <laughs> it's not what you think. They fight. <laughs> they get along really well. They fight, but not until the end. It's kind of a, yeah. you're waiting around. It no, was. No, it's good. My dinner with Andre was very much based. It on was that. wait. So it seems like Frankenstein's got one move, and that's. The, well, that's, why they waited, the that's why they waited till the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just throws him in the water. <laughs> that dog can't swim. I uh, I don't want to name drop, but I used to be. Uh, I haven't seen him. He may. I don't. I hope he's around. But uh, it was uh, Johnny Weissmiller Jr. and we were in a zero budget movie together, and he was telling me a story about how his dad hated Cheetah. <laughs> right? now it can be told uh, now it can be told to clear this with legal before. and so and so his dad hated cheetah and he's not business he's a kid he's on the they're taking a still f- photo and uh cheetah just uh while they're all you know in the photo cheetah just takes his dad's toenails big to- and just peels the toenail uh, off oh. like he said it's like like he's picking up a potato chip he just ripped his dad's toenail oh. off and Johnny Weissmiller just picks up Cheetah and throws him in the lagoon <laughs> and, and trying to drown him in the universal lagoon. But I love the idea that clearly this is premeditated. Like Johnny Weissmiller's like, Johnny Weissmiller's like, one of these days, I'm gonna, I can swim. Oh, I'm a great swimmer. Oh, I thought you meant on Cheetah's part. Uh, no, no, yeah. Premeditated. You know, premeditated on yeah, I think, I think Cheetah was always screwing around. He's a monkey. What else is he going to do? <laughs> Wait around for Lance Link, so he's, he's not doing it. So, so I'm sure he's like, I'm gonna take that monkey. I could throw him right in there. I'm gonna hold him down. He may have, he may be four or five times stronger than me, but in the water, I rule. I'm Johnny Weissmiller Jr. I'm Johnny Weissmiller Sr. Probably to call him probably, senior. Yeah. Uh, so, 
who else knocked off Disney movies? I didn't know about this these Mexican ones. Oh, you don't want to know. Yeah, they're they're pretty off. But that that whole yeah, the early seventies especially. I feel like now, do you think Disney did that just because they were crunching numbers and they couldn't anim? You know, the cost of animation at that point. Well, they was, had to keep this. They had to keep the studio running, and they had to they had product. They had to keep the exhibitors happy. They had to and 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 some. And they were struggling. And they, they had too, stopped. Right? Theaters and, had stopped running kitty matinees, which used to be when I was a kid. Old movies that they would book. They would book two two Tarzan movies or two space movies or something, and they'd run them together on Saturday. And kids would come and they would see these movies, and they would, they would get the movie habit, which is what we all did in the fifties. But then when it became too expensive to seed that kind of time to the movies that you know uh, they had to rent, they would they would play old Disney movies, and and they made enough of these things so that there was always something to play, even if it was only two years old. But did, did did was Disney not making animation in the late sixties? They were making 70s? animation, but not they weren't making shorts anymore. Yeah, I'm trying to think what what well, what didn't animated Robin Hood come out around the mid. No, that was a little bit later. Wasn't that many, right? Yeah. Uh, but it felt like this was because as a kid coming up, Disney was a place that had done all these great cartoons. And but they were, and then they had, and they were sort of, they were on the way out. They had a fallow period. Kids. They made stuff like the Black Cauldron and then, that didn't work. But, yeah. but that was coming was later, back like in the eighties. Like I'm trying to think, like the Pete's Dragon. I'm trying to think, like I do feel like there yeah, was the Gnome Mobile, that kind of stuff. Is that a cartoon? Oh, it's not good. Is that a cartoon? No, no, Mobile. No, we're saying the cartoon. Were there like Disney cartoons between like seventy and seventy-five? There, there are reissues of Lady and the Tramp. Um, yeah, it was just yeah, the, the reissues. The, the, so mostly reissues. So no mobile. <laughs> you just kind of <laughs> skated over that. It's, it's, it's a it's a it's a leprechaunish kind of a movie. It's a gnome mobile. Yeah, a gnome. But is he? it's it's a it's a it's a. Joe, I'm right with you on the idea. Uh, you gotta tell me what happened. Did happens. you feed them after dark? It's got Joe? gnomes in it. It's got. <laughs> It's got gnomes and Walter Brennan and some kids. Is there a song in there? Maybe? I'm sure there's oh, a there song. Had to have been a song. Yeah. Is there? Is there? Are they? Are they helpful or are they villainous? They are probably helping some old guy get his land back from <laughs> from Joe Flynn. <laughs> from Joe Flynn. <laughs> Joe Flynn. Loves I'm looking to see if it's, uh, looking to see if it's <laughs> available. That's always. That's Wait, was speaking of was Darby O'Gill? Was that Disney? That's, yeah, that's fifty. That was Disney. That was yeah, that is Disney. But that was shot in Ireland. Well, yeah. No, and where else are you gonna uh, get? And the little people's. No mobile, yeah. No mobile is on DVD. If you're uh, wow. Wait, are they in a car? There's a car. And who else is in it? Um, I'm I'm looking at the uh, the uh, the actual DVD on Amazon. I don't know. You would know these kids. Now, did you see this? Oh, the kids from uh, Mary Poppins or something. Yeah, it is. So, you've obviously seen a, a million movies. You've seen everything. Yeah. Too many. And will you watch a movie today? Of course. What? Yeah. what so you watch how many movies? Uh, like well, I used to see more. I used to go to the movies every weekend. What are you watching today? Uh, what am I watching today? I'm I'm here. I'm not watching tonight. 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 What are you going to watch tonight? <laughs> but you tonight? Uh, I have a a, new, a film noir set that I just bought. Of uh, he walked by night and oh yeah, just got that the and, John Alton yeah the John yeah. Alton one uh, and, and and Raw Deal and Raw uh, Deal and, and T Men and T Men those are all terrific pictures. Just got that. And they never look so good. So you watch? Uh, I watch movie. mainly old movies. Yeah. Will you go to a pop film like a like oh, anything? Yeah. That I go to everything that. but Marvel movies. Yeah. And why? And why not Marvel? Because I'm tired of Marvel movies. 
I, well, then, I have been then, watching. Then you, I have then, been, you, then you went to a certain point. Well, sure. I mean, I, like everybody, I, I, I went to Superman movies when they started making Superman. First it was a serial, then it was a cheap movie, then it was a TV series, then it was an expensive movie, then it was another expensive movie and another expensive movie, and then another series of, of origin stories of Superman. I'm had it with Superman. Right. I don't need it anymore. I've seen all the stories. He doesn't do anything for me. And now... Just like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, we now have the Marvel Universe, and they're crammed all into one three-hour movie. Right. I just don't have time to follow all those stories. Right. <laughs> well, so but so it's a, who is the Abbott and Costello of today mm. that we could put that into, would meet Iron Man? No, that we could put into oh. to meet Iron Man. Right. That's what I mean. That's yeah. the next step. Be, That's what. Yeah. You Are there any comedy teams? Uh, there are comedy teams, but it's not. You know, they're not. But there's not. In America, so much. Not so much. Yeah, they're not the Mighty Boosh. You know, the uh, they they. I love them. Are they still? That. No, they 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 flirt with the idea of maybe doing something, but but uh, they should do that. Noel is a. <laughs> I've always loved. I loved comedy teams when I was a kid, but like I was a. You know, I would watch you know Lou Costello as a kid and go, that guy's a good actor. Like I didn't like oh this is funny I was mm. like yeah I go yeah that's how you should act like if you if you were scared my go to in my head you know how you sort of just certain things you think when I think of just abject pants wetting terror what that looks like it's 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 Lou you know where I'm going no, no. with Dracula coming out of the box <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that is just sheer but, just white knuckle terror. I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I guess you could do that with contemporary comedians as long as the monsters themselves weren't funny. Yeah, doing it straight. They, you know, that's the problem. Well, that's what they did in the movie. They, they played the monsters straight. Yeah. The, if, well, I was, I was really bummed back in the day when, when New Line had acquired both the Kid and Play franchise and the Friday the 13th <laughs> and the Jason <laughs> franchises. And I thought... Come on, man! Now, <laughs> now, now, what about like a reboot of a of a horror picture? Will you go to that? Sure, if it's um, if it's something that I think is going to be good. Um, I mean, I, I, I give. Well, I hear it's great. Really? Yeah, yeah that'd be good. Oh, so uh, <laughs> by the way, speaking of reboots, you know, one of the things that it, it occurred to me about twenty minutes ago as we were talking, and I thought there was that. Remember that period? When was it? Ten years ago, and they got a bunch of people. To remake Corman films just using the titles. All I know is Larry Clark. Oh, yeah. I was a teenage caveman. Yeah, yeah. They Thought, did him for uh, for I think Showtime. Like Showtime. Showtime. You know what? I, yeah, they, they, yeah. They, yeah, they like, just use the titles. They just they, use the titles. Right. And it would be were they hour long or were they ninety? No, they were ninety. They were ninety. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the Larry Clark caveman one. It was pretty insane. But um, I suddenly thought you could you could what if you kind of Chris Noland these live action Disney films you know if you sort of darken them up oh but I, I would like to, I don't know maybe you're right maybe it's only funny as a trailer like a two minute version yeah but, <laughs> but I started knocking around but it idea. sounds like you're doing that anyway but, so I, but I did to... start knocking around the idea with my friend Charlene Yee of uh, of the invisible dog uh, it's not what you think it's about an invisible dog no, so, <laughs> so you know and we we kind of did go through all the the classic tropes of of, of these movies and, right. and what interests me was there obviously there's going to be mostly in camera gags to do basically I, I like the idea of doing like a silent picture too so it was just going to be a series of gags um um maybe I'll do that someday I don't but know could you I, like like a serious or maybe like a madman esque movie about a chimpanzee who works at a cable network picking shows for 
you know. But I would have him like he would be, you know, he he I drinks think, too much. I yeah, think, he drinks I think, too he definitely much. Definitely drinks. And he's got, I think the chimp should be elected president. And he's he's really worried. He's about to get me tooed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's really nervous about that. He's got to cool off. I think <laughs> that's a new. Uh, I, I've noticed that with 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 running into people like that, and I'm like, I'm 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 fine, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. You know, I I can't. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's a bad time. It's like, no, nah, I've I've been pretty appropriate. That was one of the episodes that I'm not making of uh, of Misfits and Monsters was about a. A chimp, an animated one about a chimp that masturbates in front of uh, women, and um, oh no! But nobody, but men can't see it, so they're like going, "He's doing it right now." And men, and then this guy puts on the glass, a woman's pair of glasses, and he can see it. He's like, "Hey!" And he freaks out and he breaks the story. And why? He's, why aren't you? And he's it? held as a hero. Yeah, of course. Uh, the guy, <laughs> yeah, and the woman who was trying to tell the story, right. is is at a podcast taping, and they're talking about you know how important it is to listen to women and and then she goes ah and they go shh <laughs> why aren't you doing this i i i well honestly i was just i felt like it it, it i i kind of felt like that one had a shelf life and the other ones i'm mm. trying to make it like i don't want you to if if you do revisit the show or if you ever watch the show i don't want you to no expect specifically oh that was because x y and z right you know i just did one that was a you know was about swarm think which is very dangerous so i did a b episode and stuff but i don't know i have a, I have a pilot for a show that i sold a couple of years ago that uh was two and a half years ago and it's about these guys who bring down rich guys who've gotten away with crimes and thought i was very edgy getting away with this since you know, it was it was the thing nobody was allowed to talk about. But my villain was basically Harvey Weinstein. Wow! And everyone was like, "Are we going to get in trouble if we do this?" And then cut to you know six months later, we can't do it because now everybody's doing that episode. Right. And five years from now, it'll be dated. But we did. Um, I I've been working with uh, Ray Davis for years, uh, trying to make this album he did called Schoolboys and Disgrace, a Kinks album. I wanted to make it into a feature. You know that album? Uh -huh. Yeah, it's like my, it's got a great cover. Yeah, wow. I, yeah, I was gonna that <laughs> yeah. tattooed. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, so Ray and I, I actually even wrote a script, but you know, he and I have been talking about it. But my original script at the end was it, it's, it's an origin story about the character Mr. Flash who becomes the villain, but but he ends up he ends up getting into real estate. You know, that was at the end. He was buying, you know, and I was like, now I can't, you know what I mean? It'd be too corny, you know? Yeah. I'd have to figure out, I have to change that. Right? You would have to change that. Yeah. 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 Because it's just too on the nose or it's also like, it doesn't, you know, when I first penned the script, it made sense or it was, I just thought it was funny. Um, well, I'm, I'm obsessed now with what happens to fictional presentations of presidents on things like, you know, it's not on the air anymore, but like on 24 or movies like Deep right. Impact. Because everything... your president either has to be that generic Morgan Freeman-esque right. hello, or some kind of absolute frigging lunatic, in which case you're obviously doing... Yeah, but also you can't keep up with the... Yeah. No, it's impossible. Right. You can't. It, it's a... It used to be a 24-hour news cycle. Now it's a 24-minute news cycle. Yeah. Now, now, have... There, like I had stayed away from television. I've never. I've always just made my little small movies, and now I'm doing a show. Would you go out now and pitch a series? 
does that sure, but you? well, the the problem is it's twofold. One is there are so many places to run these things now. These uh, the, the, right. the true network, the networks you don't know exist. Right. What do I have that? You know, uh, and then it's a great network. And, uh, Continue. Yeah, sure no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sure. If I, if I only knew where it was. No, no. Because I like, I can't, I'm terrible at self promotion. The other night I called it the Federal Witness Relocation Network. Like, <laughs> like, like if you turn evidence on it, I need to cool off. They give you a show on true. But if you, you know, it, 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 to, to know who you're pitching it to and to what audience right. it's supposed to be aimed at. Is almost impossible. Now. Yeah, but but it it feels like so. I went out with this show idea seven years ago, and it really went over poorly, you know. And now when I went go out with it, I was able to get it going. And other in multiple places, much to my surprise, I've never had this in my life. We're interested in it, and because it used to be make us a hit show, and now it's the pie just you know just give us a little bit of it you know if you can you know so yeah so i think there's more freedom on television a lot of the um movie maker indie people friends of mine that i kind of would go to the festival circuit with they all jumped on tv sure. before i did um but i'm i'm happy doing it i, I mean i'll keep making movies if and you stuff. can initiate tv yeah, uh, it's you can have a lot of freedom. But yeah, if, but if you're going into like somebody else's show, you don't have that no, much freedom. No, not at all. But, but it very, it very much became. I mean, we're you know children of the same age. You know, the '70s TV was just right. this ridiculous Charlie's Angels, you know, kind of garbagey thing. And movies were, you know, it's what it was like Charlie's Angels on TV and Taxi Driver in the movie theaters. Right and now, it's just reverse. Taxi Driver right. would be a miniseries on AMC and oh, sure. Charlie's Angels is a movie. Sure, they're making a new one. Are they? Yeah, with uh, Kristen Stewart, I think. <laughs> that's what we need. <laughs> yes, but um, what, a, what a perfect place to wrap up. Though, yeah, that's a real At downer. the end of everything. Right? <laughs> that's a real downer. Um, uh, Bob, thank well, you. I hope I gave you something. I don't know if we stuck on the premise. No, but... no, no, we never stick to the premise. We never stick oh, to the premise. Okay. The only rule is talk for a few minutes about whatever the premise is and mention Ed Wood. And, uh, <laughs> well, I'm your Ed Wood guy. We didn't even, you know. I t- Dana Gould gave me, I have an autographed Ed Wood eight by ten and then on the back he lists he types up his specialties like his like oh. his hidden skills oh my God. yeah it's not like old woman young woman <laughs> just like and then he does not Ballet. use he does not use pc terms for the different dialects he can do too oh wow <laughs> it's, so, oh, wow. it's so insane yeah uh, wow i'm sure yeah no dana did the show a while back and, yeah. uh, i'm sure it would came yeah. up and what was his genre that uh, he his used? genre he just did it was early on this is this is the big joke we started recording these so long ago that i just had to record a um uh, a, a introduction, a, a disclaimer, a disclaimer to on the his show. episode. Yes. Yeah, just saying, please <laughs> understand. He made fun of so many people who are now dead. <laughs> so many of the people. Yeah, there's a. There's you gotta a, get these shows out. Yeah, no, they're starting to come out very. Oh, I hope Clint's fine. Um, but the, <laughs> yeah, he made a, he he did a great bit about how sad Hugh Hefner's sex life must be, which of course isn't <laughs> sadder it's now. Worse so, now. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. It's like. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be, remember the first family albums. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, poor Von Meter. <laughs> yeah, the guy yeah. that screwed yeah. for life. I think that, that was, is just the worst I story believe, ever. One bullet in his career. I believe that was Lenny Bruce's line like that was night. <laughs> oh, was <laughs> yeah, it was? Yeah, yeah. Poor Von Meter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will you explain for some of our listeners who aren't? Ah, 100? look it up. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's right. Look, look it up. up. Yeah, look up Vaughn Meter and Lenny Bruce. And my friend Barry Kerman always says, you know, you just, you, you, you know, you don't, you know, like, he felt like if you stopped to explain what you're talking about, he, that you're a hack. It's over. And I'm like, people don't know. <laughs> Let them not know. So, all right, we'll be back next week. Um, yeah, well, I guess we should have Dennis Miller on now since we're going to have the. Look it up. Deeply um, <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I listened to his last thing. Some some thing he had done on. He's got a podcast. And, right. um, How dare he? I listened to about fifteen minutes of it, and it was he had climbed so far. It's almost like a. His bit has gotten so convoluted that you can't even. You stay mean with the obscure them. references? But they're just on top of, on top of, on top of, and now he's even <laughs> referencing things. You know, like that time I worked in that office in 1967, and. You're like, no, we don't. We no, weren't there. I don't know what you're talking about. I talk about how I, in the 70s, no, it's a long story. <laughs> look it up. It, yeah, look, look it up. up. Thanks. That should be the show. Look it up. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>